Hey there, welcome to Blockhead, the Peanuts tribute podcast from a cartoonist's point of view. My name is Jeff Grogan, and I will be your host for the next few minutes to talk about Peanuts, Charles Schultz, and all things Charlie Brown, Linus, Lucy, and Snoopy too. So sit back and enjoy. Hey, Blockhead listeners, welcome to the second part of our two-part interview with Brad Perry celebrating our first anniversary here on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, I am running around like crazy because I'm going here, there, and everywhere. So uh, I'm going to make this short. Brad and I are in the middle of a conversation, (laughs) as you probably know, and so uh, it just picks up where we left off. So I'm going to leave it at that, and I'll catch up with you at the very end. So enjoy. I'll see you later. Not surprisingly, Schultz is a big baseball fan. It's like uh, Wade Boggs Uh eating chicken before every game or something. I mean, you're just very... uh... Maybe there's there's a... And I have always thought of comic strips as a very baseball mentality. Oh. You're going to get out there. It's a long slog. You play every day. (laughs) And today, you know, some days you're going to be out there and you're not going to have your best stuff. But guess what? They don't stop the game. That's right. They don't stop the game. So speaking (laughs) of that, uh, you're you're doing five days a week now, right? You've been doing. Yeah. How about that? I know. And it's been going for over. What is it? A year and a half or two? Uh, thanks years for asking. Something? Yeah, it's been. Um, I started. I launched with uh, Go Comics online in. Uh, I think it was October of last year. So yeah, I'm coming up on a year. And uh, let me tell you, it's uh, a lot of that has been made possible uh, by using and re uh, repurposing uh, of the um, archives. Oh sure, because you yeah. had a big archive. Yeah. So that that helped tremendously. And but now I'm definitely in the state where it is uh, five new strips a week, Monday through Friday, you know, for as long as I can maintain that. I mean, I want to see what happens. I want that pressure of uh, I mean, obviously, there's seven would kill me. I I can't not still hold a job. Right. Um, Thank you, employer. Uh, but they, uh, you know, I want there, there's something to be said about uh, and I, it is a baseball thing. It's like, OK, great. You, you you did. You know, it's a classic. OK, hey, you had a great first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, now do it again. Yeah. And I think that's when great things, especially for a comic strip, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it seems to me that great things start happening in a comic strip roughly 10 to 15 years after do of roughly around 10 to 15 years of having done a strip every day. Well, now that's interesting because we certainly see that in Schultz and we see it in, in EC cigar and we see it elsewhere, but Oh my gosh, you know, Calvin and Hobbes ended right at 10 years. Yes, it Bloom County ended what, you know, when Bloom County end, um, it it wasn't much long, longer than that. And, uh, so yeah, gosh, I mean, now we're talking about, I wish they had continued. Well, I wish Bloom County certainly. I think Watterson did something very smart, and and he I may think, have. 
You know, he, he, I think he did. I would have loved to have seen him do something else, uh, you know, but he's, he's following his muse, whatever it is. And, uh, uh, Bloom County has come back right over the course of the last years. And while I still love it, uh, I still, I'm not quite sure it's quite found its niche in the same way. No, it hasn't. And I don't, and I, and, and this is a little bit kind of what we were talking about just a few minutes ago. And this is also, this is what interests me about the, it's, you know, it's an interest in the art form itself, which is, okay, well, what would Bloom County look like at 20 years? And I think, you know, there's always going to be someone, the initial assessment is, well, let's see, is it good or is it bad? Mm -hmm. And there's just a part of me that who loves the form. And I think, well, I just want to see what it looks. It's a little bit like, you know, obviously you and I being Beatles fans. Right. What would the Beatles have looked like if they had stayed together? I'm like, well, they wouldn't have looked like the Beatles of the first 10 years. Yeah. How could you? <laughs> you couldn't. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, and they're going to look like something else. Yeah. Totally. T- yeah. And something we can't even imagine or, and you know, it's just, it's pointless in a way to, to think about really, because it couldn't happen and never will happen. And, no. you know, I've seen those fictional books written about, you know, <laughs> a, a potentiality. And sometimes that's, that's, um, Oh, oh, here's my wife bringing me. My lovely wife is bringing me a cup of tea. Thank you, honey. Hey, oh, that's very nice she's of you. The life of a comic strip Boy, she, artist. It's I'm telling all you, all glamour. Thank you. <laughs> it's all glamour. You're like you're Boy. like Jack Lemmon. And, uh, well, I don't know. Wife. That was very sweet of her. I'm embarrassed now, but here I am drinking no, my. No, no, no. I, I think I would have liked to have seen. There's a couple of things in my little alternative oh, fan fiction too. life I would have liked yeah. to. Have seen. <laughs> One of them would have been I would have liked to have seen what the what Calvin and Hobbes would look like if they had let him run his yeah. uh, first uh, pitch of a with a fuller cast. OK, I would uh-huh. have liked to have seen that because one of my suspicions about Calvin and Hobbes yeah. is that it ended after 10 years in part because it was prematurely pruned. Um, Think. OK. You know, I'm just playing thought games here. I mean, mm. you know, Calvin and Hobbes, it's like complaining again. That's like complaining about the Beatles. I mean, oh, well, you know what I really would have liked? You know, tough. It's 10, it's <laughs> what 10 years of it, you, know. you know, what are you crying about? Right. But there's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's just one of those things where it's like, I just would, you know, I'd like to see what would have happened if, you know, because what I liken it to is uh, um, what Watterson was hitting. Um, obviously he was of the opinion, like, and rightly so, you know, okay, the strip, that's indicate indicative of the strip being over. I also want to think about it as, or, and, or is it a form of dead arm, like pitching dead arm? Oh, that, well, yeah. You know, do you pitch through it for a couple of years. Well, yeah. That, well, and, and I think Schultz probably did that, you know, I mean, the sense that was there a fallow period or were there periods that were better than other periods? Absolutely. You know, there that it's just the way life is, and and so you you got to work th- in Schultz's case, you work through it. And I think a lot yeah. of the greats, and those who've lasted a long time, that's what they do. Almost everybody goes through one of those periods where they pitch through a period where their arm is just not. Listen to me, I'm borrowing your metaphor now. Um, yeah, it's a good metaphor. Yeah, base, for me baseball, it is. I mean, yeah, I, baseball I, I, is I, is really what it's like, but. I'm thinking about what you're saying in terms of your own work now, um, you know, putting all the, the other hypotheticals aside and I'm thinking, well, okay, it really will be interesting to see what happens in the strip now, because you are really, if you're intent on maintaining that, 
five day a week thing thing uh it's gonna push you and at some point you're going to be pushed into this desperate area yes. where right. you know either you go in this direction which maybe your your whole body is screaming against or you run dry and yeah. so you end up going in that direction out of desperation you know what i mean yeah and and sometimes you know what happens is the dog ends up on the doghouse that's you know exactly I mean? where i'm going yeah flying the, the stop with camel yeah that that has to be there has to be a it seems to me that there has to be a desperation yeah. to it um and i think that is um you know, obviously, you know, what, what's the option then? Then people say, well, that's your jump the shark moment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there's a part of me where I'm just like, well, let's find out. Yeah. Let's find out. Yeah. I'd rather find out. And yeah. I'm, I know, because again, you know, the Beatles, my other theory is what happened with the Beatles is John Lennon saw what come together turned out number two or something. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the shock of seeing an, a, a song of theirs, I mean, obviously, it had happened with Strawberry Fields. Right. But I think the shock of turning 30 and seeing Come Together only go up to number two <laughs> was part of John Lennon saying, "Ah, you know what? We're done. I, it's number hey, one or nothing, kids. Yeah, I, I, there's so many things. For a Beatle fan, obviously, and anybody who's a fan of anything, there's a there's a forum out there for you. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I read a lot of these things on Quora, that app. And uh, so there are a lot of Beatles questions there. And there are a lot of YouTube videos, by the way. So you might want to check those out if you're Beatles. Yeah, I will. Or any kind of music fans, right? There, There's a lot of guys doing, you know, guys of my age doing uh, uh, Beatle videos. So, uh, and th these are ongoing discussions, you know. And oh, it's the course. same thing. The same thing is true, though. We're, we're fanatics about Schultz and Watterson. We're fanatics about Breaded. We're, you know, fanatics about all of this stuff. But at the same time, here's the thing. Watterson stepping down, okay, okay. We have 10 years of beautiful, of genius, of genius beautiful stuff, fully realized stuff. And you know what? When he stepped away, room there's room for somebody else. And what yeah. happens is Ideal. you find somebody else comes along and fills the space with equal amount of um of ingenuity or yeah. creativity. And while and it opens up, I mean, there's so many comic strips that I'm still trying to catch up on. Yeah. And, uh, I just got a great book by, you know, Michael Jance of the norm. Yes. Uh, yeah. I just got his new book, which is a collection of the stuff he's doing on go comics. And that guy is just, he's going to be on the show, by the way, oh, good. At, at the end of the month, I'm going to uh, interview him. And yes. you know, that, that guy is just, he stepped into the shoes just as Watterson was leaving. And in a lot of ways, while his strip is something entirely different, it picks up the ball creatively and informally where, um, where Watterson left. And yeah, there's a lot brilliant stuff anyway. So there's a lot of stuff out there that, that is waiting to be discovered and for us to discover. And I keep looking forward to, to doing that. And I've got stuff on my shelf that I want to get back to. But so if there was more oh, Calvin and, and, and Hobbs, I don't know if I'd be able to read all this other stuff. I, I, well, there's no way We're, they're going to bury the collections with me. I got news for you. It's going to be like, well, he didn't read this. And he didn't read that. And he never got to this. <laughs> I know. Oh, you know who else I'm thinking of? Sorry. You know, is because I think one of the reasons I think uh, to end it, of course, is nobody wants to be Willie Mays on the New York Mets. Oh man, don't say that. 
I love Willie Mays. I love Willie I Mays too. <laughs> but they, but they're, and I, but I understand what Willie Mays meant because yeah. Willie Mays said all I wanted to do was play baseball forever. Yeah. yeah. You know. So I got news for you. If I'm Willie Mays, I'm on the Mets. I'm playing for the Mets. Okay? Well, I'm, they're signing me, and I'm going. Yeah. Um, but I understand why other people would say, you know what? No, you know, and John Lennon even said it about the Beatles. Well, I appreciate that people know why we quit when we did that they appreciate well because they had greatness oh yeah well that's one of those magical things and i think this is the thing about schultz too sometimes happenstance comes along it's like it's like lightning striking you know yes, and it can't explain why it hits where it hits i'm I'm sure there's some formula there somewhere, but it's, it's like happenstance. Who knew that these four people who just happened to be friends would formulate into this great band? Well, what trial by fire is really what happened there. And who knew that this mild mannered, uh, guy from Minnesota would turn out to be one of certainly the greatest comic strip artist and, and also just be a great artist. Well, I was going to say he's a, he's a cultural giant. I mean, yeah. as far as like what our culture is, I think Snoopy is right up there with Superman or Elvis. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're you're talking about something that is like the air we breathe. Yeah, that we take exactly. we take it for granted like that, that he was inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that he was inevitable. He was necessary. He was, he was necessary. Free. He was he was perfect for and this is the weird thing too. Again, he was a fairly on the surface of it, a fairly mild mannered conservative person. Yeah. But that strip is whacked out, man. Yes, it and, well again, dogs flying around on uh, dog houses. Right? Yeah, kids with round heads that turn into baseballs. I mean, crazy stuff. And and it come came but this such is cartooning though in a v-neck the baseball sweater, head strip right sorry. you know a turtleneck and a v-neck sweater and a, a pair of glasses can mask one of the wackiest minds in yeah. in and original minds in the world at the time that's the thing you know that is what really I love thing. is it, it, it but the drive for him to because i think when trudeau started taking his uh sabbaticals well that's another approach right yeah you know you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you don't burn out and you yeah. if you're lucky you you get sabbaticals you're working with lee salem yeah. um and i think and schultz said well why would i want days off <laughs> <laughs> i know what right? i wanted to do yeah it's like well why would i want to take time off this is oh what my I want god to do. well for yeah. somehow or another he found a way where he could balance his life and his work, but he didn't I, go on vacations for. Yeah, you know. I don't know what he what it was, but it was for him. I think it was you get up and you breathe and you make peanuts cartoons. It's all he wanted to do. It's yeah, all it's, all, it's just do. all I ever wanted to do was make cartoon, make yep. comics. For the rest and of my he life. lived. He lived and breathed in that world, and and yeah. uh, in great the, results. With yeah, well, not everybody who <laughs> who does live and breathe in that world does the same thing, right? No. Rare thing. All of this is, it's overwhelming to think about. And, um, but okay. So we are cartoonists ourselves, right. And, and trying to move forward. And so are you, are there any plans for pirate Mike to be collected or are you, you looking for, are you doing conventions? Are you finding a way to monetize? Oh yeah. Funny. You should ask. Um, I, what I should be showing up at a convention soon, um, but I don't have uh, the collection put together. And I do have uh, a couple of early uh, collections for the first three comic books. But I, what I want to do is I want to put together, you know, a, a proper here it is. Here's the collection. Here's the first. I'll probably do it 
I'm probably going to do have to do it for next year. But like some because what I want to do is go to the Planet Comic Con in KC. Oh, OK. You know, uh-huh. Go comics being there. I'd like to sure. actually meet some people. Uh-huh. Um, but I would so I would like. But right now I do not have any of the collections currently available. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and the, but they're imminent. And in okay. one of these days, what I want to do, people really liked the um, jug band strips. Yeah, I did two of those and they want a um, skull juggery T-shirt made. So skull ju- and, skull and juggery. You're going to have to do some music, too, man. I well, I have my jug and I have a friend who <laughs> wants me to be in their jug band. I make no guarantees as to quality, but um, <laughs> I'm sure I told her I sure I can sit there and pose with the jug while everybody else around me plays. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but other than that, right now, the, if there is anybody who did want to see a collection, I do take, uh, you know, people can communicate with me online on social media and I take their uh, email address and I give them, you know, I'll give them an update. You're at Pi- Pirate Mike on Instagram, right? Yes. Uh, Pirate Mike. Pirate, Pirate Mike Comics, I think it is. And it okay. might be C-O-M-I-X. Okay. Um, I always just call it Pirate Mike. But, I, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as yeah. Pirate Mike. And, of course, the big one is the GoComics.com. Yeah. Uh, and how are you really... doing? What's that? How are you doing there? subscription wise do you know um, you know i don't know um i would say that i am happy with my progress uh right. i don't know how go comics would be that. <laughs> like, well, I, like i don't know like what kind of expectations I they would have i don't think they have any I mean, you know i mean i don't i don't think in all the time i was there i never heard a word from no them. i don't think no. so either. i think i think what it is it's for me it is wonderful real estate to have well, you know, it is. It's yeah. audience builder. It is an audience. Yeah. Builder, well, you know? I like and, I like knowing that Mike that Mike is on there with some of the you know some of the other folks that you know we really enjoy their work and uh, it it's been going. I'll tell you what I really enjoy about Go Comics is uh, the interaction that you get to have with people who are committed comic strip audience, you know, uh-huh. comic strip readers. Yeah, and that is nice. That's a different audience than it is a different audience. It's a different audience than the social media uh, meme crowd or the social media. Um, everybody wants to laugh. Everybody wants to be entertained. But there, I think on Go Comics, uh, with at least the folks that I see reading these strips, there is still a remainder of the traditional comic strip audience that says, you know, actually, we would like to see a little bit of an adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe well, we would like to see longer form. Some know. do and some don't, you know. Some I, do and some don't. I was talking to somebody the other day who said, oh, it was Pat Sandy when I was talking to him. And he said he did a, a little story that lasted maybe six days. And, you know, he got comments like, I'm out of here. When is this going to end? <laughs> that kind of thing. And, and it's, yeah. you know, it's for me personally and you may have a thicker skin than than i do but when i that was one of the difficulties i had was yeah the audience that i attracted was not particularly sympathetic to the work i was doing so you know you're too far out for them well it seemed like i don't know maybe so i don't know no i think you're too far out for them i mean you you get the uh plastic baby heads (laughs) is is pretty is i would say you're looking that's a that is a really cool high concept uh <laughs> yeah i mean it's one of those things where then there i think people would read it and go well where the hell's the main character and what's the punchline 
And that is exactly what people would. Yeah. Would, and yeah. I think at that point, you, you got to make a determination of, OK, how do I go about then attracting, quote unquote, my audience? Yeah. Now, when I get people commenting on Pirate Mike, you know, every now and then, like when I did do every now and then I have a couple people, they don't, you know, like the sprites because they know when the sprites show up that it's going to be anywhere from a, you know, 10 to 30 strip episode sure yeah okay and i will get people who will say okay this is this has grown tiresome right and you know it's just like well hey you know i i guess um i i really that's a drag for me i tell them i think well my favorite example recently um my last sprite outing i had a couple of you know regular readers too these aren't people who just thank god you know not people who just drop drop in and you know drop a bomb and leave um, right. But say, hey, look, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't care for the resolution of that storyline. You know, <laughs> they thought it was a dud. Uh -huh. And, you know, eh, what, you know, I thought it was like, oh, I thought it would be cute or whatever. I'm not always aiming for a gag necessarily as much as to just be entertained. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like then they then if I'm lucky, they stick around because I will address them. And I'll say, hey, look, you know what? I'm disappointed, too, because I always want people to come out with uh, anybody to come out with. Uh, hey, I like it. Does that mean that I'm going to change the way I write the strip? Well, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm writing the strip by the way I write it, and I'm really disappointed that you don't like the way it ended. And I'll tell you what, I hope you stick around, and I hope you like the next one. And I'll be yeah. disappointed if you don't like that one. And I'll be happy because, you know, I get five that say they do like it. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, you got to you got a good strategy for that. But uh, one of the things I notice is that you've got a really good following on Instagram. I think you've got a good social media presence. And, and so I think you've it's got building. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's far better than the one I have. And, um, I think that what you've got there, I'm thinking now about, I don't know if you listen to the comic lab podcast, but those guys are, you know, Brad Geiger and Dave Kellett. Uh, they're always talking about the way you build your online presence. And I think you're doing everything right in that regard. I mean, well, thank you. Know, you. Yeah. I well, it's, it's, it's impressive for every so. post on Instagram, you've got more than several hundred likes and, uh, there are people yeah. who are obviously doing more than that, but Hey, you're, you're growing all the time. I'm enjoying it. And I enjoy, you know what I really, uh, and this is something I think we have that Schultz did not have. Yeah. And it's something, oddly enough, that another icon of the 60s did have. And it's Stan Lee. Oh, um, yeah. Right. I love. What's my favorite thing? Why do I really want to read the old Marvel comics? Why do I, <laughs> why do I not like the reprints that they put out? Stan I so don't like the, the reprints they put out do not have the bullpen, bullpen bulletins or the letters pages in them. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. I want the bullpen bulletins and the letters pages. I want the Marvel checklist. Well, I want yeah. Stan Lee, yeah. that character. It's, and I think that's something I really enjoy about social media and go comics mm -hmm. is I get to be that, you know, you talk about like, who do you look at? I get to try to take on that editorial voice like Stan Lee did. That's great. That's you know, great. And, and really interact with people and really commiserate with other folks who like comics you know I, you've got a that's a great attitude man and and that's also a great touchstone stanley in that regard is a great touchstone and i, and I do have to say now i'm a big jack kirby guy and, and so too. there's always that little battle kirby lee, of kirby, lee whatever oh uh, tell, remind me i'll tell you my jack kirby stanley story but go ahead oh, okay yeah well the only thing i was going to say was that and i said this to my comic i was teaching history of comics last year when stanley passed away and i I wanted to remark upon it. And I said, look, all of this arguing aside, 
on all the stuff aside and, and all of the problems I have with the way Stan Lee treated his artists inside. Okay. Yeah. Stan Lee gave an enormous amount to comics. I mean, well, and it's, it, it's not that, well, what he gave was himself. And what I mean by that is the personality that he created, the, the focal point he created, the ringmaster that he was. Yes invited us all as marvel fans to become part of something that was larger than ourselves yeah and you really this is something so distinct from anything else that was happening in comics absolutely stan became a figurehead he became the face of comics and a visible person you could identify with and communicate with and then via him all of the editors then you know this roy thomas and and len wein marv wolfman and all those guys all of them they all of them. They became mini Stanleys. And yeah. we had this feeling of being part of a big family. And no matter what, it was a club. No matter what you said, whether you complained about the last issue or not, you were still a member of the family and they treated exactly. you that way. And that was really remarkable. Also, he had this enormous ability to drum up enthusiasm yeah. for what they were doing and what they were bringing to the world, you know, what they were bringing and, to the fan base. It was amazing. It still is. And I think it's still uh, instructive. And I think about it all the time because I'll tell you some of the best letters and some of the best bullpen bulletins are where he's addressing readers who didn't like, like you said, who didn't like the last issue. Yeah, I know. Don't like it. He's great. It's great. And, uh, you know, the way I look at it, there's this guy. There was this guy named Stanley Lieber. Okay, yep. if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, right, right. Right. is it Lieber? It's Lieber. And he grew up to create characters like the Fantastic Four, the Hulk, and a great, possibly his greatest character he ever created was a editor character named Stan Lee. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, and that's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty impressive achievement. I mean, he's played a character named Stan Lee. It's a play yeah. on his first name. It's yeah. a Stan it's yeah. you know it's a showman it's the like you said it's the ringleader yep and that's exactly what jack wasn't you know jack wasn't but jack needed that to come across yeah. the way that he did and and it's like it's like um you know another cultural touchstone for my generation it's like the cast of star trek the original series complaining about bill shatner i always yeah. my wife are both star <laughs> are trekkies and we have this conversation all the time we say Listen, you know, if they can complain all they want to about Bill Shatner, and yeah. and I don't doubt that a lot of it's true, but the reality of it is we came to watch that show because of really three people, but yeah. one in particular, and that was yeah. Bill Shatner. You, yeah. you watch that show because he was Captain Kirk, and you loved and believed in Captain Kirk. He was fabulous. And Jeffrey yeah. Hunter, who played the role before him as, as Captain, was no... Bill Shatner. No. As great as Jeffrey Hunter, Hunter was in other things like the searchers and whatnot. Yeah. He was not Bill Shatner. He was not Captain Kirk. And that charisma that whatever Bill Shatner had was totally missing. And when you put him there with Spock and McCoy, you've got something. And it's a band. It's a band, man. And and same thing is true with Marvel uh in the sixties. Without Stan Lee, there was there wasn't Marvel. And no, there wouldn't have been. And for all of his faults, you know, for all of his ethical faults, for whatever, uh, you know, he really, I mean, to give it to him, he really did try to keep his artists working. He didn't give him enough credit. They didn't get royalty oh. like they should have. But, hey, he did try to keep them working. He had loyalty to those people. And yeah, he oh. he was the the motor that kept the machine going. That's I sure. think of it as it's it's like arguing about Lennon and McCartney. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. And I think to say that 
we can separate out one for the other is I think from a, on a creative basis is silly. It's, it's silly. A, it's, it's a team. You can't or separate all, them. All four of them. You can't. Yeah, all four of them. You're right. All four of them. To tie back to Schultz again, I'm thinking of Stan Lee and the letters and pouring in and whatnot. And Charles Schultz is sending out six comic strips or seven co- at the end of the week, putting them in the mailbox himself and off they go. And that's it. No interaction. No, no. Every now and again, you know, letters pour in, but yeah. I mean, not at first. And well, you know, he's he's that's there. What we get that's though. It. We we can do, and that's what I kind of think is that we can do that. Whereas Schultz couldn't. I think. Um, yeah. I think it's a it's a real for someone like me, who grew up admiring or enjoying the Stanley character, and that's what I mean by character. I separate the character from the editor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, as far as talking about comic book business practices, yeah. where do you begin? Yeah. As right. far as what's wrong with it then and what's wrong with it now. Right. Okay. Sure. So that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. That said, um, what I really look to for the inspiration for me is that creation of that, like you're saying, that voice yeah. of uh, a club. And yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, and um, Lee was a was a was the char- was a character that he played. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was a character he played. No yeah. different from the narrator, in my opinion, from the narrator in Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, William Conrad. Yes. So <laughs> I love I love narrator characters. I mean, anybody. I, mean, I think the Beatles played great characters. The confusion mm-hmm. becomes that they named their characters their same names. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so be, you know, it's yeah. tough to tell the difference between Beetle Paul and Paul McCartney, right? Uh, and uh, and it's, but it, and it's, it's it, that's entertainment. I mean, people have a hard time yeah. distinguishing the human being from the character that the human uh, being creates. It's like finding out that one of your heroes, one of your heroes, one of the entertainers who you love, who you think is themselves, you know, wears a toupee. Right. Yeah. You 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 never knew, you know. Cary Grant always used to say something effective. Well, everybody wants to be Cary Grant. Hey, I want to be Cary Grant. Yes. And, exactly. You know, Brad Pitt has talked about that. Yeah. Uh huh. Have you seen that interview with him recently? Actually, no, no I haven't seen the movie. The Tar- I love Tarantino. I haven't well, seen. His movie. Well, find find an interview from the last few years where Brad Pitt actually discusses the difficulty of of watching this character named Brad Pitt. Get mm-hmm. talked about on TV. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's got to be weird. It is weird. George Harrison talked about the same thing. That they asked him, "What's it like?" And he said, "I read the paper and I read about these people named George, John, and Paul, and Ringo, and I think, wow, look at what they're up to." Yeah, who the heck are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I'd like to be Cary Grant too. Yep, exactly. It's quite a quite a weird thing. It is a weird thing. Celebrity and all of that's weird. But this is a little far afield. But um, so there's one thing I know. But Schultz it is, takes us everywhere. I know. It's true, isn't it? It's the weirdest yes. thing. So th- there's one thing I wanted to, to touch on because it is fall, right? And yes. we, we are talking about Charles Schultz. And so it's this time of year when we think about Charlie Brown and the football and the great pumpkin. And Absolutely. so when we think about those things and we we're talking about empathy before, I mean, what? Those were repeated, those motifs repeated year in and year out by Schultz. And to 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 what end, in a sense, and what did they mean, and how do we relate to them, and what how, how did they really resonate within the context of the strip and the meaning of the strip? Have you ever, you know, given any... Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, the, the oddly enough, the Great Pumpkin, and I hope this is responsive to your question. 
Mm-hmm. The Great Pumpkin to me is where Schultz distills his theory of an artist. And oh. I think he might be distilling his theory of being human. And it is how, you know, how do you know that, you, you know, you, let's frame it in terms of the um, revival tent. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. How do you know if you're saved? You know, Schultz, Schultz, the theologian. How do you know if you're saved? What you you'll know when the great pumpkin visits your pumpkin. <laughs> okay. Okay. And how, well, what do you do? I mean, what what do you do? I mean, how do you get the great pumpkin to show up in your great pumpkin patch? You know, he rises out of the pumpkin patch. Okay, there's some imagery for for mm-hmm. us out there who are you know consider ourselves Christians. Um, but you know what the it's sincerity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, in our era, you we have plenty of people. We understand that evil people there's plenty of sincerity in evil mm. okay evil oh, people okay. are no less sincere than good people <laughs> yeah okay okay you know and i think I'm, so I i'm think along with, the ride with this one yeah. okay so i mean at least for me you don't know you do the best you can you're sincere you make the best pumpkin patch you can right and then you keep your fingers crossed that today's the day when all is said and done that on the day of halloween the day of judgment you know, that the or as an artist, the day of publication, mm-hmm. that your muse has indeed visited your pumpkin patch and your pumpkin patch is radiant. Your strip is radiant for all to see. Mm-hmm. God blesses you and enters, allows you to enter into the gates of heaven. <laughs> I, the great pumpkin to me uh, for the for peanuts is um, kind of like the most basic DNA for the whole strip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I think of is like that because that's what you're asking for as a comic strip artist. You hope that every day the three or four panels you crank out or however many panels that you've prepared your pumpkin patch so well that like the old Greek poets, uh, Homer, uh, the the great Greek poets that the oh the uh, how does the Iliad start? How does the Odyssey start with a prayer to the invoking the muse? Mm-hmm. Oh muse, look upon my works and uh, you know inspire me. Fill me with the spirit of art. And did he? Did she? Did, did the muse show up? Did the great pumpkin show up? Mm-hmm. Well, we every day know. it's a quest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Well, it's a quest. It's a quest, a never-ending quest. I've always found it's it's interesting you frame it in the in the in that way as being from an artist's point of view. Uh, the origins of art are there within the the temples, the caves, these yeah. caves of worship. Whether they were worshiping, uh, well, usually they were worshiping the animals that had been slaughtered. You know, whose sure. whose life had been sacrificed, and so they they do the cave paintings. They do uh, altars uh, made of bear skulls and and bones in caves in germany or whatnot and and or those kinds of things these these temples in which artifacts are created artworks are created to manifest or to communicate with these spirits well in a way what you're talking about here it calls that to mind when i think about linus as a kind of artist really in a way philosopher artist who is conjuring this mythic being the way that uh, homer com- uh, uh, conjures the oh god, i like that you know or something like that and I and like that. he conjures this mythic being who and he's trying to enlist people and and by the way this mythic being is no less or no more provable than santa claus but 
Those but are my favorite strips. He's ridiculed. Oh, picked off about Santa Claus. Oh, right. Exactly. I know those are great. And I'm a fanatic, but I'm a wide-eyed fanatic. Um, so, you know, Linus is, is conjuring up this, this being who is no less mythical than Santa Claus. And yeah. yet all of these people believe in Santa Claus and don't believe in the great pumpkin. And the point is, in some ways, that they're equally absurd. You know, <laughs> both are fictional creations of yeah. a kind. One in which you line up for because you have a vested interest in toys or whatnot. Oh, and then yeah, the other, absolutely. which is yet to be proven, but both of them have yet to be proven. You know, it's like yeah. it's so the ridiculousness in some ways, it also points to misplaced faith for me. Oh, and, sure. Good you point. know, I, I think of it as as being a commentary. Nature of faith, faith which is leave in that which you cannot see. Um, and, and also the idea of misplaced faith and the idea that you can place faith erroneously in, in figures that will, um, as, as Sally points out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sally does point it out. Right. So, you know, exactly. Right. And so does just about everybody who's ever out in that. that Oh, it's wonderful. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's great. It's one of the, for me, that is along with the psychiatric booth, that, that is one of the greatest routines in Schultz's oeuvre is the pumpkin patch. And, and uh, incredible. I, it it works. There's so many different things I think you can do with the pumpkin patch. And then when it comes to something like the, the kicking the football. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously that's what life is. I mean, life every day, you know, you're kicking a football. I mean, I get, I don't know about you, but I mean, at least me, I get up every day and Groundhog Day is very much, I think, almost a documentary. You know, know, it's just like, hey, look, you know what? The same, excuse my language, but it's pretty much the same stuff every day. Yeah. yeah. To to not be as salty as I want it to be. Yeah. Um, And and I know I understand every day is different. But. Well, I think that's brought home when you have kids. You know, I don't have kids. And I I think people who have kids. I did did not eat. Yeah, I think people who have kids know that every day is different. I think for those of us who don't, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot that seems very much the same day. Yeah. And know. what do you do? You kick because you're never going to kick the football. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, and yet at some point, I mean, that's what's the beauty of it. Every morning we get up, we do it. We're get, our, our, what what is happening here? We we all think we're going to kick. Today's the day. This today's is the it. day. Yeah. Today's the day I'm going to kick that football. I you know I I the, the football one like the eludes me more like i have an easier time with the great pumpkin and because the great pumpkin has a football element to it and that the great pumpkin never shows up right over and there's a there's a waiting for godot element to yeah holy crap yeah okay and it's existential in that regard yes and and i but the football the recurrent you know obviously this penis there is a what do they call it there is a wheel of life yeah okay and it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't. That's what the know. football is. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think you're right about that. I think, I that, I think it's there's. That's how I come away with it. It's just it's the wheel of life. Yeah, and and it's repeated every day, and every day we think we're going to yeah. do it. And and you know, it again is about faith. I mean, it's about faith in yeah. humanity and faith. Oh, that's a good one too. You and know, a misplaced faith. Yeah, absolutely. And being disappointed by and the consequences of misplaced faith. But yeah. uh, at the same time, there is this um 
this valiant effort on the part of Charlie Brown to believe. And, yeah. and I think one of the things that we feel, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking about where's term that phrase, that, that term empathy. And mm-hmm. we, well, we laugh at Charlie Brown and the umpteen times he tries and the multiple ways in which Lucy finds to disappoint him or to, to vex him. Right. Yeah. Uh, at the same time that all of that's happening, we also empathize with Charlie Brown because we go through this every day, just like you're saying, we get up to go to work, we get up to live our lives in the same pattern as you're pointing out. And that pattern, uh, with the hope of some kind of, you know, and a vainglorious hope, you know, that there will be some kind of payoff will pay off at the end that they'll yeah. that we will ca- have the satisfaction of watching that ball soar through the air and go through between the goalposts and, and it happens for some people but it's always other people not us you know well and you know what and maybe it does i mean i've read what did john lennon say be careful what you wish for you just might get it yeah you know i think there's also an element i mean paul mccartney you know gets asked all the time so what do you think about being famous and he always comes out and says well i'm glad i did it but just the fact that it's a question does mean, hey, look, you know what? Or, you know, uh, Bowie, you know, with with uh, with Lennon, you know, fame, got to take a rain check. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that it's never there. There is no sanctuary. You're, it's always on the horizon. So well, what Ray, do you do? Ray Billingsley said um, that he asked Charles Schultz about that one time. Oh. What's it like being you? And Schultz thought about it and he he they were having lunch. And, uh, um, Schultz's dog, Charles Schultz's dog was scratching, you know, scratching his back and they were having a picnic lunch outside uh-huh. and Schultz looked at Ray Billingsley and he said something, I'm paraphrasing now, something to the effect of, f- uh, fame isn't going to keep the fleas off a dog. That's and, great. You know, wow. You know what I mean? I love that. What? That's so Minnesotan. I mean, it's so Minnesotan. Minnesotans are just, it is. And I say this with admiration. Minnesota, there's cold winter, and it's very Bud Grant. Bud Grant for the Vikings, it's just very, oh, yeah. yeah, it's cold out. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, it's 20 below zero yeah. without the wind chill. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's cold. That's cold, all right. Let's go play football. <laughs> yeah. There is, there is a resignation uh-huh. and a frankness yeah. to it. This is line. Yeah, it's his, it's his line. Yeah. His line is, is uh, frank and resol- well, resigned. This is, this is life. Enjoy it for what it is because this is what all you're going to get. Yeah. You don't get another shot at this. This is it. And, and you know what, enjoy the little moments. And, you know, again, that that's interesting. I'm not sure if that's exactly on target with this, but it does bring to mind those last great cartoons that Schultz did in the nineties about Snoopy and Charlie Brown, Snoopy asleep on Charlie Brown's lap. And, and uh, this this reveling in the the smaller things in life. Well, yeah. this is life. Enjoy the run up to the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Enjoy hoping that you're going to kick the football. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about the other crap because yeah. that that is a that is going to play a a cruel trick on you. Well, and it's out of your control. It's out of your somebody control. else can pull the ball away from you. Right? That's that's the that is it, man. That's it. Yeah. You're nailing the head. It's out of your control. And it's and out of like, your control. Yeah. Oh man. A great sh- pumpkin might show up. Might not. Yeah. We think we can control this, right? Yeah, we, we do. Turn with, yeah. You can, you know, if you have enough faith and you have enough willpower, you can, can you can make Lucy hold that ball, but no, you can't. Cause Lucy's got a will of her own. There's and, a, did, did oh. you see this one posted 
recently it was um, Charlie Brown. He's about to kick it. And he says, well, I know that she knows that I know that I know that she knows. Yes. Did you see that one? <laughs> yes, I did. Isn't that great? And then at the end, she says, she pulls it away and she says, well, I knew that you knew you that do. I knew. <laughs> that. I mean, yeah, it I just doesn't it. stop. It doesn't. It was great. That's a brilliant. Oh, man. I thought that was brilliant. I did. I just loved that. And that sums it up. It's still out of his control. You can think about it all you want. Yeah. She's one step ahead of you. Don't worry. Yeah. And you can't control her. No, you can't control her. You can't control her. So I saw, and this may be a good way to close out our, our little show here. Um, I saw the this morning a little video uh, from the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah. And it's of uh, Snoopy blowing a leaf in the air. You know, leaf, ah, wonderful. Snoopy, you know, blows it, blows it, and it lands in the pile of leaves that Charlie Brown has put together. And Charlie Brown's got this nice big pile of leaves. And off in the corner is Linus. Yes. And Linus is licking one of those big, big lollipops. And he yeah. runs up, to, he sees the leaves and he cannot help himself. He runs up and he jumps and lands in the leaves. And when he comes out of the leaves and the leaves are sp- spread everywhere, you know, scent flying every place. He comes out of the leaves. He's got leaves stuck in his mouth and stuck on the lollipop. And he looks at Charlie Brown and he says, never jump into a pile of leaves with a wet sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, now there's a lesson. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's a, it's a, it's, and it's a good one. It's a fair one. Yeah, he takes this beautiful, you know, lyrical moment uh, with Snoopy and Vince Guaraldi's beautiful music. And, uh, isn't it wonderful? And turns it upside down on itself. And uh, yeah. that's great, great moment. A very Schultzian moment. Very Schultzian moment. And, uh, but, you know, okay, so that's good. That's good advice for this fall. You know, it's fall so now. Try, don't, don't jump don't. into any leaves with a wet sucker. Or with a candy apple or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, fill in the your treat a treat of your choice. A treat, a treat, of, a treat of your choice, but make sure it's not wet and sloppy. Right, exactly. And, and may better yet, leave the the treat outside of the leaves. But that's, you know, probably, by all the means, that's probably the good idea. Yeah, by all means, jump into the leaves. Enjoy. Yeah. You know, revel in the color and the smell and the fallness of it. Because Don't worry about kicking the football. Don't 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 worry about kicking the football. So anyway, well, Brad, geez, oh my gosh, you know, I I thought this might we might have an hour, and I was like, well, we t- we talked about everything last time, and I'm wondering what are we going to talk about tonight? We, <laughs> we touched on everything last time, and here yeah. we are. It's two hours later, and once again, I feel like we just got started. I do too, and I'll tell you, I think it's a mark. It's uh, one of the classic, quintessential hallmarks of uh, great literature. <laughs> is that it allows and generates uh, seemingly endless discussion. And yeah. I, I think that's a great sign uh, for the endurance of Peanuts and really why I don't mind that it's rerun in here in every pretty much every newspaper, even 20, going on 20 years after yeah. uh, Charles Schultz's passing. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, I would hate to see it go, you know, that way. I'd hate to see it confined to the libraries or to. Yeah, me too. It's it's a it seems to be even more alive than ever. It's like Star Wars. It just um, keeps growing. Just keeps growing. And it's amazing. It is amazing. And we're we're you know lucky to bask in its brilliance. Yeah, we are. It's you the know. fortune. Yeah, it is. And it's a continual source of inspiration for for, for me. It is definitely every every day. Every day. Every yeah. day. Yep. Every day. And uh, um, always think, of, you know, it's funny. It's like, uh, in a way, I think about my parents every day and I think about Charles Schultz every day. And then, Yeah, I can um, believe that. 
because we're involved in this world and uh, not to sound too fanatical about it, but you know, yeah. we're involved in this, this enterprise of trying to make a decent comic strip. And yeah, uh, I think Trump's it's an important one. I do too. I, I still do, even though we watch it's changing and evolving and we don't know where it's going, but I do think yeah. it's an important part of, um, there's a continuum there and a tradition. And there is also the aspect of just being a little lightning of every, you know, a little levity in everybody's day. If that's well, possible. I'll tell you what, if we do, and if, and when we do talk again, yeah. uh, remind me of this, because I think one thing to talk about is uh, what the journalistic mission of the comic strip is. And really, and I think Chris Ware might even touch on this, mm -hmm. um, but how Peanuts, like people think about just Doonesbury. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about Peanuts? Yeah. And how Peanuts fits into that too? Because I agree with you. The, 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 important, the ongoing importance of the comic strip as a form of you know, American uh, commentary yeah. Reflection. Oh man, it's healthier than ever in that regard. I mean, there are so many people and needed and, and needed to, especially today, right? Yeah. You know, what we're seeing going on in the world. But uh, I think you're right. And we will talk again because, yeah, this, as always, this is great. And yeah, if it's not in person, we will we will do this again, and maybe we'll do a an annual thing or an every ten month be thing because. Uh, Again, I just love where the conversation goes. It's just going all over the place. <laughs> it's, Me too. I, it's a great topic. I, I, as you can tell, I mean, I've got, I'll have plenty more material for uh, <laughs> Carl Schultz here. So I'll let okay. you know how it goes. All right. Okie doke. All right, Brad. This has been great. Uh, great. Thanks, for, thanks for helping us celebrate our, our uh, first year anniversary. Happy here. birthday. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, hopefully there'll be many more. Many so, more. Hope so. Anyway, there are a lot more cartoonists to talk to, too. But uh, good. We'll always find our way back to you, one way or the other. Thank you. I appreciate that. I look forward to it. Okay, gang, that was Brad Perry and me <laughs> talking, talking blockhead, talking all kinds of things there. I hope you enjoyed it. This was indeed our first anniversary, and I am uh, what am I? I am kerfluffed to think that I've been doing this for a year. I've had so many great guests on and I've had a lot of fun and it's been a lot more work than I thought it was going to be, but it is indeed a labor of love and uh, I'm enjoying every minute of it and I hope you are too. So I've got a couple of really great guests lined up for the next couple of months. It's it, it's looking pretty cool. I mean, there's going to be some interesting people on the show. First up will be Michael Jance of The Norm. And I know a lot of you, f you folks out there are familiar with The Norm from its years at King Features as a syndicated strip. And then when it moved online to Go Comics, it's, uh, it is one of the most creative and uh, visually engaging strips in many a year, that's for sure. And uh, I, I'm really, really looking forward to this interview. He is uh, one impressive individual and has got an impressive body of work. And uh, he was a friend of Charles Schultz, so there's going to be a lot to talk about there with Michael Jantz, not only about comics, but about animation and many other things too. So I am really looking forward to that. Uh, and then in November, I'm hoping for a very special guest. Uh, I'm not going to say anything just yet because it hasn't been firmed up, but I'm excited about it, and uh, I'll let you know more when I know more. 
in the meantime, if you are interested in Peanuts podcasts, and I'm sure you must be because you sought this one out, uh, check out It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown by Bill Pepper. It is a wonderful podcast that covers lots of territory, lots of Schultz and Peanuts territory, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. So be sure to look for it on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, that is It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown by Bill Pepper, and uh, I think you'll find that a very enjoyable podcast. I know I do, and I recommend it to you highly for those of you who are interested in more on this subject. What else do I want to tell you? Please go to my... <laughs> Be sure to check me out on Instagram. That's at Grogan Jeff on Instagram, not the other way around. It's not Jeff Grogan, because that'll get you somebody else. Go for Grogan Jeff, G-R-O-G-A-N-G-E-O-F-F. You can follow all of my stuff there. Not only my current comic strip, Spiking the Lens, but I'm also rerunning the infamous, the legendary... <laughs> Plastic baby heads from outer space. I'm uh, I'm running some of those strips there again. So if you're dying for that, it's no longer on Go Comics. If you're going to look for it there, I know all of you are. If you're not, if you're not finding it there, you can find it on my Instagram account, and that is uh, Grogan Jeff on Instagram. And I'm posting uh, alternating days, some baby head stuff along with uh, spiking the lens. And if you want to find out more about me, of course, you can go to my website. That's jeffgrogan.com, G-E-O-F-F-G-R-O-G-A-N.com. One of these days, I'll get something up there to sell. Uh, but in the meantime, there's stuff for you to look at free of charge. <laughs> so uh, you can check out, I've got work in animation. I've got stuff, uh, I've got a bunch of art comics there. I've got uh, all kinds of stuff that you can look for and uh, enjoy and peruse and so I hope you will. I hope this anniversary special will hold you over for the time that I am away. My wife and I will be traveling to craft shows. Uh, she is a, a milliner of some renown, as well as a winter wear designer, and cruelty-free, by the way, I should mention. And uh, we will be traveling up and down the East Coast for a couple of weekends. And meanwhile, I'll be going to work in the middle of the week. So uh, be sure to, to hold on. Hold Hold on tight. We'll get back to you. We are going to get back to you with a really big episode at the end of the month and uh, should be out probably early November. Okay, so I hope this anniversary special will tide you over and, and, and feed your your habit <laughs> until. But in the meantime, hey, check out Bill Pepper's podcast, right? You know, so if you need a, a Charlie Brown fix, uh check out Bill Pepper at It's a Podcast Charlie Brown. There that's, there could be no better way, right, to uh, to feed your need for Schultz and, and Peanuts. So do that, okay? Hey, it's Halloween. Oh my gosh. How can I forget? It's Halloween. So uh, be sure to check out well, yeah, I don't have to tell you to check out It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. You probably got it on DVD. I've got it on DVD. So I'm going to start watching it. I'm going to watch it I don't know how many times between now and the 31st uh, because I love it that much. And, and I can't, you know, you got to be in the mood to watch it. So I'm going to settle down. I'm going to watch it probably while I'm working and and enjoy it. Enjoy those wonderful Dean Spill backgrounds. Those are fabulous. Remember, if you want to know a little bit more about Dean Spill, check out my, my podcast on uh, on the great pumpkin Charlie Brown from last year. It was the, the pumpkin special. We talked a lot about Dean Spill, who was the designer and watercolorist for the backgrounds on many of those Bill Melendez productions. 
So, uh, and the most atmospheric for me is certainly the great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. And, and uh, so to him, I tip my hat. And I hope you'll check out that podcast. And, uh, and while you're, you know, watching in between those, those uh, you know, showings of the great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Uh, yeah, well, lots to look forward to. We've got pumpkins out on our front porch right out on our front stoop we've got nice little display out there with big pumpkins and we've got mini pumpkins around too so we really did it up this year and we've got cider we got apples uh we got the leaves falling from the tree we got fall it's it's beautiful out there and and there's nothing nicer than take a little walk outside kick your 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 feet through those those fallen leaves take in the smell the aroma of fall i love that it's it's that and, and dusk, you know, at 6 o'clock in the evening here in the East Coast. All, it all adds up to a wonderful season and a wonderful time. And uh, I hope you're feeling the same way and enjoying the season. And I hope you stay well and the weather stays calm and life is something to be celebrated. So wherever you are, thanks for listening. Thank you.